Hello and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Steve and with me today is... Teresa. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Um, today, we're uh, continuing in these kind of gospel scenes where... Jesus was doing and teaching all those kinds of things and uh, one of the things that comes around a lot when I'm talking with people doing counseling or you know apologetic evangelism that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah. is why does Jesus have to die Oh, okay. right like he came right and this would be a question that they would have had at the day yeah you're here you're the messiah mm-hmm why can't you just establish your kingdom now? Right, why, which is what they wanted. Why Why do we have to die? And, and yeah. really, in, in Scripture, we should be used to some pretty uh, unusual events in the Bible. I have a list just to kind of put our, our brains, wrap our brains around how God actually works. But what do you think are some of the stranger, stranger stories, like the things that break kind of the way the world actually works? What do you mean? Uh, things like... Numbers chapter 22, verses 28 through 30, mm-hmm. where a donkey talks oh, yeah. to a person. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right? Donkey speaks. Well, people not dying, right? In like Genesis five twenty seven, Methuselah lives to be 980 years old. Right. But then uh, there's also Elijah who was taken to heaven, never died. Enoch. Yeah. Um, Joshua ten thirteen, The a sun. A day where a sun yeah, stands still. That's true. Judges chapter 4, where a lady... <laughs> drives a tent peg through a dude's head oh, yeah. because yeah. that's justice. Well, even um, just manna, like yeah. like the provision of the Israelites in the desert yeah. when they were wandering. Judges, the quail. Judges 20, verse 16, where God calls people together and he gets 700 left-handed people to be in an army together. Because left-handed people rock. Well, they are a little... little, little just for so everybody knows, Teresa's left-handed. <laughs> Obviously. But, uh, you know... There are a lot of left-handed people yeah. in our family. <laughs> yes, there are. And that tells a lot about our family. Second Kings chapter six verses one through six, an yeah. axe, head, axe head floats on water. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, Isaiah twenty-two to three. Yeah. Um, you know, being asked to be naked for three years to yeah. teach God's people. That, <laughs> that's, that's a little awkward. interesting. That's awkward. First Chronicles one twenty or twelve eleven twenty-one. Uh, the the guy has uh, eighty eight like, kids. Can you even imagine? Uh, that's a lot of kids. How many how many wives? I wonder. <laughs> eighty eight. I, I didn't write that down in my little quick. Maybe notes 40, 44? Isaiah thirty eight verse eight. Uh, the sun actually reverses track. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's some strange so, things. Even so, the pillar of fire when they were like. Oh you yeah. You know when God like appears. It all, as... it all continues, and so the concept that God would send Jesus into the world to live. To die is actually is actually not that odd. Sorry, I'm laughing because Teresa just touched her iPad and she's about to be asked to read scriptures and I think she lost all of her spots, which is all right. So I'm just going to make it up as we go here. Got it, I got it uh, back. I didn't know that I could turn the page that but way. We should be we should be used to extraordinary stories, right? We shouldn't be surprised by and, the and, miraculous. And this is one of the things. So um, uh, recently, a, a friend of mine. Um, we were having a conversation about uh, another person who mixes um, fiction and history together in the way he depicts things and tells stories. And sometimes it's hard to figure out 
how things fit. Mm. So um, one of the things that he does often is in, uh, puts in fictional bits okay. into historical stories. Okay. So then are you augmenting the historical story mm. or are you reducing the story into fiction? I don't know. So... And I know lots of people love it. Often, so this will probably be a, 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 some people a will controversial. be offended, a little <laughs> controversial. This is why I'm not totally a fan of the, this TV series, The Chosen. Oh, right. Because they take it's the, all the extra the stuff gaps that we don't know in between that we don't know, and they use the historical story to tell the fiction story, probably close or accurate or you know, somewhat along the line, but we don't actually know. Right. So are they actually augmenting the history or are they reducing it down to fiction in our brains? Right. And I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. That's so when we read the Bible and we hear these crazy stories, like no, an ax head can't float on water. Can, if God decides that it's going mm-hmm, to, absolutely. right. We need to, we need to reorientate ourselves and understanding that Jesus had to come live and die is part of that. So, right. Okay. There are a lot of verses today, so here we go. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah, so Jesus was actually pretty open about the fact how life and death was going to go. Um, he continues that in Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So again, that's at the institution of the Lord's Supper in the book of Matthew. He's, he was super open about what was going to happen. Like he, there, there wasn't going to be a little slip and an army shows up and things were going to get fixed. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Yeah, so in that, that, that flow, right, Jesus was very clear that he was born for a purpose. That purpose was to die for the people as a payment for our sins, right? right. This is the crucifixion. Everything actually went right. And yeah. it's amazing how many times we talk, I talk with people who are wrestling with faith, trying to figure it out, and they figure something had to have gone wrong there. Okay. But that's actually the story going right. Going, going right. Right? That's me. what God planned mm-hmm. was the crucifixion. Um, the forgiveness of sin and eternal salvation is, is because Jesus was willing to die for us as the perfect sacrifice <laughs> in... in Lots of Bibles, that word is propitiation, where yep. the wrath of God is satisfied by the perfect sacrifice who is innocent. That's Jesus. Mm, yeah. Because we're the guilty ones, right? right? We deserve the cross. The plan going right in our salvation is Jesus going to the right. cross. Right. Is this happening? That's right. Right. And sometimes we miss that. But it kind of, there's a bit more to it. So mm. let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Yeah, so you get some $10 theological words there. So, um, (laughs) you know, our trespasses, our sins, our our things that are against God, Mm. which every sin is against God, and our justification, right? The easiest, simplest way you hear justification is just if I didn't sin, right? Yeah. Um, So 
he is being ra- or, or he was sacrificed to forgive our sins, erase them, to make it so that we appear like we have never sinned right. because we get God's righteous or Jesus' righteousness, he yeah. gets our sin. Right. Um, that's that cup of wrath that comes. Mm. So Romans chapter five verse nine. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? Those two things can't be separated, right? God's love and and God's justice can't be separated, and that's how he saves us from wrath. Right, right. Which is his wrath, right? Yeah. It's mind-boggling to think about the fact that God looked at the situation and said, these people can't get themselves out of this. Yeah. I gave them the covenant and the law, hmm. and they can't do it. No. This isn't working. We're going to have to change this. And right, but he knew that from the in beginning. In his love, <laughs> he accommodates his own justice That's right. to save us from his wrath. Yes. Okay, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 12. Therefore, as he was coming into the world, he said, You did not desire sacrifice and offering, but you prepared a body for me. You did not delight in whole burnt offerings and sin offerings. Then I said, See, it is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, God. After he says above, You did not desire or delight in sacrifices and offerings, whole burnt offerings and sin offerings, which are offered according to the law. He then says, See, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Every priest stands day after day, ministering and offering the same sacrifices, time after time, which can never take away sin. But this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. And then can you read 17, verse 17 and 18? And I will never again remember their sins and their lawless acts. Now, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. So the justice of God requires a payment for sin, right? That payment is death. Something has to die. Blood has to be shed. Mm. And uh, Romans 6, 23, right? Uh, for the wages of sin is death. Yeah, but right? the gift. Yeah. Right? We know that. So either we pay or someone else pays for us. And so God hates sin because it destroys us, but God loves us. Yeah. And so he pays that debt to save mm. us, provides a way for us. Mm-hmm. And this is the, you know, just like all those other stories where we're like, this is not the normal deal. Uh, the way things work, donkeys talking and sun standing still and reversing and all of these things. God does things in ways that we just don't get. Right. Often. No, absolutely. Does it make sense at the end? hundred percent. Is it hard to see and understand as we're walking through it or trying to understand it? No, it takes work. And that's yeah. why we need to continue to wrestle in and dig into scripture and try to piece all of these mm. things together in our brains to understand those theological yeah. ideas, right? So John three sixteen, Right, which I would say it by memory, except I mix up a couple of verses or a couple of versions, so it becomes this you're, like amalgamation. You're old enough that you have multiple <laughs> versions in your head. So this yeah. one I'm going to read from the CSB, which is unfamiliar to me, actually. There you go. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. Again, God, uh, Jesus' death is an expression of God's love for all humanity, right? Yeah. And then John chapter 15, verse 13. Yeah, I love this one. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Perfect. 
And then Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Oh, yeah. This is a, a this, good one, too. This is um, um, a wanna verse for me. Yes. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God becomes one of us, lives a perfectly mm. sinless life, then dies for us. Yeah. Um, this is a 30-some-odd-year <laughs> act of love, mm. right? This is a long game. This is a long plan. This, yeah. Well, and even more than that. Even you still, can go it's going, all the right? way back to, to Genesis chapter That's 3. That's right, yeah. It's the first glimpse of the gospel. They call it the Proto-Evangelion, the yeah. first gospel, and that is someone is coming to crush the serpent's head. That's right. Right? And this has been a long, long, long plan. And that's why in the garden, Jesus says, take this cup from me. Yeah. If there's any other way. Yeah. Which, because that cup is the cup of the wrath. It's the yeah. sin being poured out of all humanity on him, and he has to take the punishment of that mm -hmm. Which for is us. interesting in that as, as humans, we want instant gratification. We want instant results. We want to see that, like that spontaneous yeah. right now thing. And yet when we look at, at Scripture and we see the, the Bible as that meta-narrative, the whole story, the yeah. whole overarching, yeah. um, God's patience in just putting this plan into action for us, be, waiting giving us those those moments to draw us to himself nothing yeah. uh seems to actually be that instant right away yeah, no so no. it makes sense that we have to wait for yeah. things yeah right and and that's one of i i mean i i think it's one of satan's ploys to to trap us in this world and, hmm. and catch us right we think that we have long lives yeah and we think that doing things fast is better yeah who says? Yeah. Right? Like right. slow is apparently okay. The way to go. <laughs> slow, like working yeah. really, really slow is, is okay. That's yeah. God's way. No, it's, right. It's, uh, um, there's a lot being of patient. things. I mean, being ready and to do the things that we're called to do in the moments we're called to do. Right. Them, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Rushing things because we think we're running out of time. Yeah. Not necessarily. No, right. Right. Um, let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 30. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Yeah, and I tell this to our church all the time. We, we in our church, we've chosen to do uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper weekly. Right. Um, just it's our choice. I know there's lots of churches that don't do it weekly. They do it uh, once a month or whatever. They, yeah. they Whatever rotation whatever they, they choose to have. We mm -hmm. do it weekly because we're called to remember Jesus' death with communion. Hmm. And people like to say, oh, Jesus is in heaven. You know, there's nothing held back from him. He has, like, all things are at his fingertips that he can do, right? Mm. No, he says he will not eat the cup or drink the cup and eat the bread until he returns. Yeah. So Jesus has not taken communion. Right. He has not celebrated the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the Passover meal for 2,000 years because he's waiting for the moment to come back and celebrate with us. So we're called to remember Jesus' death. I was say, it's something uh, we with do. With the communion, it's that looking forward yes. 
uh, to what he's got for us. That's so right. let's look at First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Yeah, so when we, when we come to the Lord's table, right, we remember why Jesus came to live and we remember why he died. We remember mm-hmm. the, the, the wrath of God that was, demands the perfect sacrifice and the love of God that actually provides the sacrifice for us yes. in Jesus. So we right. break the bread to remember Jesus' broken body mm. and we drink the juice or the wine, whatever, whatever you do, uh, fruit, of the, <laughs> fruit of the vine, yeah. uh, to remember Jesus' shed blood. Right, the blood that actually purifies and sanctifies us. Yeah. It's the same as a while back we were talking about the branches of hyssop and the painting mm. of the blood on the doorposts at the Passover. The same idea. It has always been the blood of an innocent that has caused people to be saved from mm. God's wrath. Right. And now we have that same thing. When God looks down, he sees the perfection of Jesus on us because he has given us his righteousness through his blood. Mm. And he has taken our uh, our sin, our right, transgressions, right. and paid for them uh, with his blood. Mm-hmm. And so remembering that is an important thing. Because yes. it's to remember God forgives through Jesus mm-hmm. in our lives, right. right? We have to hold fast to that, to remember that we're the ones doing the wrong actions. Yeah. But we actually... Like, I mean, we may pay for them here in this world kind yep. of thing. Like yep. if you break the law, you go to jail. Yep. Like that's, that's a reality. But in eternal salvation, mm. in Jesus, someone else is paying that It's not for affecting us. us forever. And this is why Jesus had to come to die, was mm-hmm. to run through all of these things that starts with, you know, not living the way God called us to live, contrary to his love, justice, and mercy, which causes us to be subject to his wrath. Right. But then God in his love, justice, and mercy Mm. decides, I will give them a way out of this. Well, and not only that, like, yes, that, but like that reminder for us that he is coming back. He's not leaving us here to deal with this day after day after day. He will come back and gather us to himself. And there's hope in that, incredible hope and joy. That's that wrestle between law and gospel. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to live in the law? Like do more, be better, and won't die. Yeah. Like that's what's going to happen. Or you rest in the gospel and where Jesus has saved us. So because he's done so many great things for us, because he has saved us, we respond with a life changed. So now we're doing things because he saved us. Yeah. Not doing things to make him save us. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Let's look at one last verse, uh, Matthew 16 verses 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? Yeah, and this is something that people miss a lot in their walks of faith. Like they know it and we've read it and we say it all the time but sometimes we don't live it. And that is we're called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. 
we call him our king and our savior and our Lord, but then we don't necessarily always follow him, right? We don't right. always we don't always respond in ways that would make people realize that he's our king or our Lord or that he saved us from anything, right? right? And so Jesus doesn't ask you to do anything that he hasn't done already. And that is to struggle against the call, uh, the, the, the pull of sin in our lives, mm-hmm. to try to live a righteous life because of God's goodness, grace, and mercy in our lives, right? right. So when Jesus says, bear your cross, he's talking about pick up the things that are, are going to set you free, even though they're hard. Yeah, yeah. Pick those up and follow the path that Jesus has gone on. Now, we can't actually atone for our sin. Right. We can't make things right by doing that. No. But because of what Jesus has done, we respond that way as changed people. And then we don't look back in the way that we live our lives. Suddenly, the wrath that has been turned away because of the love of God for us and the mercy that we receive through Christ, who's mm. died and shed his blood. Mm-hmm suddenly people are looking at us going, well, you're different. Right, right. And that is the same as the floating axe head or the sun sitting still. It's contrary to the world. We live because someone saved us 2,000 years ago Mm -hmm. differently today. And the people around us will notice and go, I want to know why you live like that. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to tell them because Jesus loves me. Yeah. And here's a crazy newsflash. He loves you too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you have enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. And I hope you can join us next time. Until next time.